Aren't you thankful that we can stand redeemed this morning? And it is only uh, through the redemption of Jesus Christ that uh, we can be anything or amount to anything. Thank the Lord. Thank you, Miss Jacqueline, for uh, the testimony there in song. Take your Bibles this morning to the book of Proverbs chapter number 12 today. Proverbs chapter 12. Uh, we have been preaching through the book of Proverbs here on Sunday morning and actually then kind of coming back on Sunday night and uh, expanding upon some of the thoughts uh, from Sunday morning. We'll be doing that again uh, this evening. Proverbs chapter 12 this morning. We're going to look at a tremendously important principle here in the Word of God. And if you find your place, would you stand with me as we read together the Word of God? Read uh, three verses out of this chapter this morning uh, as we deal with really this morning the rewards of righteousness, the rewards of righteousness. In Proverbs chapter 12, verse 3, the Bible said, the man, A man shall not be established by wickedness, but the root of the righteous shall not be moved. We skip to verse number 7. The wicked are overthrown and are not, but the house of the righteous shall stand. In verse number 28, In the way of righteousness is life, and in the pathway thereof there is no death. I've said many times as my children were small, uh, we often took the book of Proverbs, and that became our family devotions. In the morning, we would look at the various principles. This is a father uh, teaching his son uh, the path to success in life. And this morning, as we look at Proverbs chapter 12, there are several verses in this chapter that speak of the rewards or the blessing of righteousness. Let me just say very simply, it pays to be right and to do right. Amen. Let's bow our heads this morning and go to the Lord in prayer. Would you ask the Lord today to have his way in each heart? Father, thank you this morning. It's just good to be in this place. Thank you for your presence. Lord, thank you that we can stand redeemed. That there is nothing in any of us worthy of your salvation. Thank you, Lord, for the wonderful, marvelous gift that you offer through the blood of Jesus Christ. And Lord, this morning, as we stand before this audience, uh, as we stand with your word, we pray for your power. We pray, God, for your presence. We pray, God, that you would take your word and accomplish that which you intend. Lord, you would take your word and minister it to the very point of need in hearts and lives today. Help us to be yielded vessels unto you, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. And you may be seated this morning. As we have over and over spoken of in this particular section, this section of Proverbs is a father setting before his life, principles that will bring a blessing. And in this particular section, we have uh, the contrasts that are taking place. For example, uh, we see the contrast between wisdom and foolishness, or the wise man and the foolish. We see a contrast between the diligent man and the lazy man. Uh, we've seen the contrast, and we spent quite a bit of time uh, dealing with humility versus pride. Now this morning, we're going to see a clear contrast between righteousness and wickedness and we're going to look in particular this morning the rewards of righteousness it, it pays to do right 
It pays to be right. It pays to follow the principles of God and God's word. It pays to do things God's way. Uh, we stated many, many times as our children were growing up, it's always right to do right. It's always wrong to do wrong. You do right until the stars fall from the sky. That didn't come from me. That came from Dr. Bob Jones. And, uh, but a wonderful principle. Do right till the stars fall from the skies. Now we have here, uh, just before we begin this morning, an explanation of righteousness. And, and uh, there are two aspects here this morning of righteousness. Number one, there is the imputed righteousness of Christ. When the Bible speaks of the righteous, it's another term for the saved. Uh, as Miss Jacqueline sang this morning, I stand redeemed. There are none of us that are righteous in and of ourselves this morning. Uh, the Bible teaches that all of our goodness, uh, all of our works, they're but filthy rags before the Lord. And we have nothing with which to offer the Lord this morning of ourselves. In Romans chapter 4 verse 3, For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. The righteousness of Christ was put to the account of, the, of, uh, of Abraham. In, in verses 7 and 8, uh, of Romans 4 saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. When a person is saved, the righteousness of Christ is put to their account. Uh, they are redeemed through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, in the eyes of God, they are justified just as if I'd never sinned. All of my sin, the night I called upon the Lord Jesus Christ, all of my sin was placed under the blood of Jesus. My past sin, my present sin, and my future sin. I am secured in the Lord Jesus Christ. I am accepted by God through my Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says, accepted and received in the beloved. When I get to heaven, I'm going to go to heaven not because of who I am, but because of who he is and that righteousness of his that has been placed to my account. Now that's the imputed righteousness of Christ. And I believe there's reference to that in this section of scripture. But what we're going to deal with this morning is the practice of righteousness. And that will be our focus here today. See, putting our salvation to practice. There ought to be a difference in the heart and life of an individual who gets saved. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now, I'd like you to keep your place here in Proverbs 12. We're going to come back and, and look at several verses in Proverbs 12. But I want you to turn your Bibles to the New Testament, to the book of 1 Corinthians. And let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And, and I believe very clearly set forth before us is this principle that we're going to preach from this morning in Proverbs. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning at verse number 9. 1 Corinthians 6, verse number 9. Paul states to the church at Corinth, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. 
He says, be not deceived. Don't, don't lie to yourself, neither fornicators. And this would be sexual sin before and outside of marriage, nor idolaters. This is idolatry and adulterers, nor effeminate. This is along the lines of homosexuality. And he says, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. Uh, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. He says uh, the unrighteous, that, that without the blood of Jesus, that cannot inherit the kingdom of God. But I want you to notice verse 11. He says, and such were some of you. That was your life before you got saved. But you are washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. That was your life before Christ, but now in Christ you stand redeemed. There's been a change. There's been a transformation through the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and that life now ought to be put into practice. And so the father here of Proverbs is expressing in this section of Scripture to his son, son, there are rewards for living in accordance with the life that you possess through Jesus Christ. Uh, there are rewards for doing right. There are rewards for living right. There are blessings that God gives to those who follow His principles of life. There are blessings when you die to yourself, when you die to your flesh, and you surrender your life to the Lord Jesus Christ and begin to live for Him. On the other hand, there are consequences for going against God's principles. The father of Proverbs says, Son, basically, if you do things God's way, your life can be blessed. But if you do things your own way, there will be severe consequences for following your own path. Now, what I want to do this morning is go back to Proverbs chapter 12, and I want to pull out some of the blessings of righteousness, the blessings of doing things God's way, the blessing of applying the righteousness we possess through Jesus Christ in our everyday life and practice. Uh, notice in verse number 2, Proverbs 12, and we're going to call this a favored life. He says, A good man obtaineth favor of the Lord, but a wicked man or but a man of wicked devices, will he condemn? You'll notice this contrast. One that follows God's principles will gain God's favor. Now, I want the favor of God. When we speak of the favor of God, we speak of the, the smile of God upon a life, the touch of God, the blessing of God, the, the very presence of God upon a life. And the Bible teaches that when we follow the principles of God, that that favor of God will rest upon our life. Now you go back, and we spent some time on this, Proverbs 10 and verse number 22. I think this is a similar thought. And it expresses the, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. And he addeth no sorrow with it. You see, when you follow the, the way of God, the principle of God, there, there is no sorrow. There, there are the riches. The, uh, when I say riches, so many blessings, so many riches, so many things that we possess simply by following the principles of God. Now, I want you to keep your place in Proverbs 12. 
I'd like you to go back in your Bible and let me illustrate for you this favor of the Lord. Genesis chapter 39. Genesis chapter 39. This is the life of Joseph. And Joseph, one of my favorite characters in the Bible. We see the favor of God upon the life of Joseph. In Genesis chapter 39, verse number 1, we know the background. Joseph was sold into slavery by his own brothers. And it reads in verse 1, And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which he had brought him down thither. And the Lord, notice this, the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph, the favor of God. And he was a prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him. And that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in the sight, or in his sight, and he served him, and he made him overseer over his house and all that he had put into his hand. And it came to pass from the time that he made him overseer in his house and over all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he knew not aught he had save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. We see here the touch of God upon Joseph's life. When Joseph's brothers were living wickedly, Joseph chose a right path. When Joseph was despised and sold into slavery, it's evident that he did not become bitter. He continued to choose the right path. Uh, Joseph gained the favor of God and God was with him. The Bible says God blessed him and God shined through him, and God made all that he did to prosper. He was trustworthy. Now we know the rest of the story, and Joseph falsely accused and thrown into the prison house. Read beginning in chapter 39, verse number 20. Chapter 39, verse number 20, And Joseph's master took him and put him into prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound. And he was there in prison, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy, and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prisons, and whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. And the keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand, because the Lord was with him, and that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. You see, we find the favor of God upon the life of Joseph. And friend, I'm thoroughly convinced there's a principle here in the Word of God when a young man, a young lady, an adult will render their life to the Lord and they will determine by the grace of God, I'm going to follow the principles of God, the principles of God's Word. I'm going to live my life to bring honor and glory to Jesus Christ. You will find this blessing of God's favor upon your life. There's a clear contrast between those who choose God's path and those who choose their own path. The Bible says, a good man obtaineth favor of the Lord. I'm thoroughly convinced that God wants to use your life, that through your life God wants to prosper your place of business, that God wants to use you and your light to shine through to a lost 
and dying world. And God can and will do that as he did through the life of Joseph for those that are yielded unto him. And so a favored life. Now look in Proverbs chapter 12. Here's a blessing of righteousness. Notice again verse 3. We read this initially. We're going to call this a fixed life. He says, a good man, at verse number three, excuse me, a man shall not be established by wickedness. In other, uh, other words, wickedness, uh, you follow the principles of the world, uh, you're going to be tossed to and fro. But he said, the root of the righteous shall not be moved. In verse number seven, the wicked are overthrown and are not, but the house of the righteous shall stand. He speaks here of a fixed life. It reminds me of Psalm 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The Bible says when we walk in the counsel of God and God's word that we will be planted. We can be fixed. We can be unmoved. In other words, <coughs> a life yielded to the Lord doesn't back and forth and up and down. He's steadfast in his direction. He's fixed in his purpose because his purpose and eyes are fixed and planted upon the Lord Jesus Christ. I think of Daniel when I think about a fixed life. Again, keep your place in Proverbs. Go to Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1. <coughs> in Daniel chapter 1, the life of Daniel what a testimony. Daniel chapter 1, we read of Daniel taken captive. Probably his family killed. Moved to a strange land. Away from parents. Away from family. In Daniel chapter 1, verse number 8, we talk about a fixed life. It says, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. We read there of Daniel's resolve. It didn't matter what temptations came his way. Daniel did not waver. He had purposed in his heart, my life belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. To follow him, I will suffer the consequences, whatever that be, but I will serve the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a fixed life. Daniel requested in the next verses that he might not eat of the portion of the king's meat. And we read in the end that Daniel received a reward. And that's what the Bible teaches. The house of the righteous shall stand. I love the life of Daniel. I believe because of Daniel's purpose, because of Daniel's resolve, because Daniel was fixed in his steps before the Lord. Uh, it's evident to me that Daniel influenced uh, three powerful kings toward the Lord Jesus Christ. I think through the testimony of Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar 
uh, was saved. And through the testimony of Daniel, Darius was impacted by Christ. And through the testimony of Daniel, Cyrus. And for, uh, we find there for several, uh, for several decades, uh, the life of Daniel impacted and influenced uh, men all about him. That's a fixed life. Back in Daniel chapter 12, or excuse me, Proverbs chapter 12, we speak here of a faithful life. When we are purposed to serve the Lord, chapter 12, verse 5, it reads, The thoughts of the righteous are right, but the counsels of the wicked are deceit. A faithful life, faithful in our thoughts. The Bible teaches, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Commit thy way unto the Lord, thy thoughts shall be established. You see, one that is surrendered to God will reap the blessings of that surrender in his thought life. Uh, thought crucial. You sow a thought, somebody said you reap an action. You sow an action, you reap a habit. You sow a habit, you reap a character. And you sow a character and you reap a destiny. Uh, a life dedicated to doing right, to following God's principles, gains God's blessings in the thought life, I was knocking doors this back years ago. As a man, uh, as he answered the door, he, he was under great guilt. I introduced myself, great anguish of heart. And here was his testimony. He said, I, and he claimed to be a Christian, but he said, uh, here I am, I'm in the house. And he said, I'm watching pornography in the house. He said, this pornography has consumed my heart, it's consumed my mind, it's consumed my life. He said, I need to be free from it. And, and I thought, and here's that guilt and that shame, and sin always brings its baggage. It's guilt, it's shame, uh, it's the worm in the apple. Anytime the principles of God's word are broken, there are consequences. And often the consequences will be in our thought life. I was reading some statistics, I don't have them before me, but statistics of illnesses, and many of them were related to guilt and to emotional conflict that were the result of sin in an individual's life. And so when we surrender our heart and life to the Lord, we can be faithful in our thoughts. Back in Proverbs 12, we can be faithful in our words. A life surrendered to God's principles is revealed through our words. Proverbs 12, verse 6. He says, The words of the wicked are to lie in wait for blood, but the mouth of the upright shall deliver them. Verse 13. The wicked is snared by the transgression of his lips, but the just shall come out of trouble. When I think about our words and being faithful in our words, I think about King David. Uh, David was Saul. I don't read anywhere in the Word of God that David spoke ill of Saul. Now we read how Saul pursued David. We read of instances where David had an opportunity to take the life of Saul. But David recognized that Saul was the anointed of the Lord. He never spoke ill of David, uh, this or ill of Saul. Uh, Saul was wicked. Saul would have taken the life of David. Saul despised David, but David recognized the position of Saul and never spoke against it. That ought to speak to us. See, when our hearts are committed unto the Lord, 
Uh, let me say, young people, uh, you won't speak negatively of your parents. You're not going to speak negatively of your authority. You're not going to speak negatively of your boss. Uh, you see, you'll be like the heart of David, a heart fixed upon the Lord and faithful in our words. Look in Proverbs 12, verse 14. He says, a man shall be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth. And the recompense of a man's hands shall be rendered unto him. You've all heard the statement, open mouth, insert foot. I've done it. But if our heart is right, faithful words will be spoken that we don't regret. I find always when I, when I speak ill words or wrong words, it's because my heart, it's an overflow of my heart. And if my heart is directed toward the Lord, my words will reveal that. Uh, but if my words are speaking wrong or words that will bring shame, uh, I find that it's a heart issue that my heart needs to be dealt with. Uh, look in verse number 17. Verse 17. He that speaketh truth showeth forth righteousness, but a false witness deceit. In verse 19, the lip of truth shall be established forever. But a lying tongue is but for a moment. You know how it goes. And you tell one lie that leads to another lie that leads to another lie. And soon you're in deep water. And this is the truth that comes from a heart focused upon the Lord. You don't have to worry. You speak the truth. You don't have to worry about anything. You don't have to change the next story because it's founded upon truth. A truthful mouth is rewarded by God. So a faithful life, faithful with our thoughts, faithful with our mouth. In verse number 12, Proverbs 12, we have a fruitful life, the reward of righteousness. A fruitful life. The wicked desireth the net of evil men, but the root of the righteous yieldeth fruit. A, a fruitful life, a, a great reward for submitting to God uh, following God's principles, it's a life that bears fruit for Jesus Christ. Now, again, keep your place. Proverbs 12. Turn with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 15. John, chapter 15. In John, chapter 15, we speak here of this fruitful life. Verse number 2. Reads every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. He states in verse 4, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. In verse 8, herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. Now God ordained that his children would produce fruits. And that will be natural. When our life is surrendered to the Lord, it will be natural that we produce fruit. When we abide in the Lord Jesus Christ, the result of abiding in the Lord is a fruit-producing life. The result of walking with Jesus. I think back to a man as I was a, a little guy in Sunday school. 
And it was, he was a faithful man. It was evident in his life. He was my Sunday school teacher. Evident he loved the Lord. Evident that his life, his business, all about him was surrendered to the Lord. Uh, his testimony in my life was a great impact. And uh, I thank the Lord over and over for the testimony of this man. And how God used him in my life, a fruitful man in the service of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now look back in Proverbs chapter 12. Uh, another reward of a surrendered life, a, a life that walks with Jesus, we will call this a fortified life or a defended life. In verse 21, Proverbs 12. He said, There shall no evil happen to the just, but the wicked shall be filled with mischief. Now when you do right, you have the assurance that God is in control. Uh, the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, we know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord, to them who are the called according to His purpose. He states in Romans 8, verse 31, if God be for us, who can be against us? And in the latter part of Romans chapter 8, nothing shall separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You say, well, well preacher, didn't much evil happen to Paul the apostle? Paul went through prison. Uh, beatings, hunger, cold, shipwreck, martyred, on we could go in the life of Paul the Apostle. Uh, all of it, though, Paul recognized was for the furtherance of the gospel. All of it was for God's glory. And Paul the Apostle stated, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul stated at the end of his life, he said, the time of my departure is at hand. He said, I fought a good fight. He said, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give to me in that day. Uh, here was Paul, surrendered to the Lord, and that life defended, protected, fortified by the Lord Jesus Christ. Now that leads us, look in Proverbs 12 and verse 28. We'll call this a forever life. He says, in the way of righteousness is life. And in the pathway thereof, there is no death. See, for a saved person, uh, when they die in this life, they pass immediately into the presence of Jesus Christ. Uh, Paul said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. One who is saved and has lived a surrendered life to the Lord Jesus Christ can enter into eternity with joy, with no regrets. Hearing from the Lord, well done, thou good and faithful servant. There are rewards for doing things God's way, for yielding a life to Jesus, for surrendering to the Lord. Rewards of righteousness. Now after salvation, when we surrender, when we live to honor Jesus Christ, a favored life, a fixed life, a faithful life, faithful in thoughts, faithful in words, a fruitful life, bearing fruit for Jesus Christ, a fortified, defended life, a forever life, entering into the presence of Jesus. Now with that, very quickly, look back 
to Proverbs 12 and verse number 1. If this is so important, here's what this father is expressing. Whoso loveth instruction, loveth knowledge. But he that hateth reproof is brutish. Here the Bible speaks of being receptive, being teachable. If there are such blessings from following God's principles, don't you think it would benefit us to know those principles and to obey those principles? Here this father is saying, Son, if you will love instruction, there are blessings that come from following God. And he said, Son, if you will love instruction then God can bless your life and it would benefit you to know the Word of God and it will benefit us to listen to our parents and to listen to the preacher and to listen to the spiritual leaders. The Bible says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. I see all around me many that claim the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, but they're ignorant of the principles of God's Word that would bring blessing upon their life. Ignorant, and that ignorance has destroyed many. See, if I want God's blessing, I must follow God's path. And to follow God's path, I need to know what God teaches. And then I need to obey that which God has given unto me. And so this father is saying, son, these are the rewards of doing right. But he said, son, to do right, you need to listen to instruction. You need to know what is right. And in the midst of that, not only receiving instruction, but maintaining a repentant heart. Now, there are many that they claim to know Christ. And yet, as a preacher, I can speak, I can rebuke, and they reject. But there are those, when confronted with doing wrong have a humble spirit, they will receive the reproof. And when God makes known a path that I have broken, when I have dishonored him, I need to deal with it. I need to admit it. I need to be humble. I need to confess that unto the Lord, and I need to turn from that. I think about King David. King David was confronted by the prophet Nathan. David miserably failed. David committed adultery. David murdered Uriah. The prophet Nathan came to David and said, David, thou art the man. David, you're guilty. David fell upon his face before the Lord. He received the rebuke. He received the reproof. Basically, Nathan said, David, you've strayed from God's path. Uh, David knew the joy of the Lord was no longer in his heart. Though he was saved, uh, that joy had departed. That blessing of salvation had departed. And David fell upon his face, receiving that rebuke. And he said, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. You see, in the path of life, there are blessings. In the path of obeying the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, there's the righteousness we receive at salvation. That can never be taken away from you. That is secure in Jesus Christ. But when you have received that righteousness, it needs to be practiced in a life of righteousness that brings forth the blessing of God upon a life. I'd like for a moment, every head bowed, 